The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. Good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer. Thanks for tuning in each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we talk about, yep, the Sport of Kings. Last weekend, we had some great races on tap, and Mother Nature was dealing off the bottom of the deck with some ugly weather, rain and or snow, and lots of it either which way. Whew. That's California. That's the East Coast. You must be living in somewhere sunny if you didn't know about this, but boy, was it really, really tough. It seems like it just won't go away either. We are feeling the residual effects. But the beat went on. And we saw some great racing action anyway. We'll be talking about that here shortly. The data, and I'm talking about the Winnie Ponies data, was rolling as usual. And if you were on board, you would have done very well for yourself. And hopefully you were. And if not, if not, it's not one of these, well, if you didn't do it, you're not going to do it. You can jump on board anytime you like. Check it out. Go to winningponies.com. Check out, check out the testimonials. Check out the blogs, check out the stories, check out the ease of use. Compare it against anything that you've seen. I've read about everything out there. I really have read too much out there. And the thing that really kind of catches my eye, a lot of sheets actually put out information. Winning Ponies puts out their predictions not 72 hours in advance or 48 hours in advance. They put it out the day before there. Okay, it's up to the minute. Closest can be with giving you an ample amount of time to handicap, which is really, really good. If you go too far, the weather could have gotten bad. Things could have changed. Winning Ponies takes everything into consideration. think you're going to like that. Check it out. It's never too late to get on board with Winning Ponies. What's on the docket for this evening? We're going to do a little recap of last week's races. Going to do the Derby Future Book Wager number one. I still keep calling it the Derby Future Book. It's just Vegas is in my in my brain. When you make wagers out there, it's the, called the Future Book. But it's the Kentucky Future Wager Pool Number One. I'll recap that down for you, so you can kind of get hooked on. Special guest this week is Tom Lamar, news editor of the Blood Horse. He should be a wealth of information. Heck, he's called races, loves to play the ponies. I mean, he he really does. He thoroughly enjoys the game. If he weren't working in it, if he were selling machine parts somewhere, Tommy Lamar would be at the races when he could, he and his wife Karen, or if she allows him to come on up, trust you me. This guy is one of the most in-touch fellows and has his finger on the pulse of what's happening. Good guy. 
like Tommy Lamar. I think you will as well. News and racing, always good stuff, and there's plenty of it. And the final furlong handicapping with yours truly as we try to break it down, make it happen, and find ourselves some winners. Let's jump out here and let's talk about, talking about some winners here, let's plan ahead. The special item here, Kentucky Derby Future Wager. Pool number one is the grade one event, the Kentucky Derby, the first Saturday in May, which will take place on May 1. Here are the entries that you can wager. Number one is Aconite, 30 to 1, Todd Pletcher Trains. The two is American Lion, 20 to 1. Owen Hardy is the conditioner. The three, Buddy Saint, Bruce Levine. I like Buddy Saint. 12 for your one, three for three. Just be Peppy Nose. Peppy Nose won the world away after 85 and a 50 broke his bit going around the turn. But Buddy Saint is really kind of catching my eye. Number four is Concord Point, 30 for your one, Bob Baffert. Bullet Bob Baffert, one for one with this three-year-old Colt by Tappet. Number five in the wage and entries is Conveyance. Bullet Bob Baffert again, three for three undefeated, Indian Charlie Colt. I think Bob's going to have his hands full of some big-time runners. Sixth entry, Dave and Dixie, trained by John Sadler. This one catches my 20-to-1. Easy maiden break in the grade one Northville came flying against looking at Lucky, which we'll get to. The seven is Drosselmeyer. Drosselmeyer is taking a lot of attention here, trained by Bill Mott. Actually, this one's taking a lot of attention for me. Lifetime, five starts, two wins, two places, and a one-third, which is five for five in the money. Run on the turf, the poly, and taking all for the turf. I like the way Drosselmeyer is coming along very nicely. 20 to 1, the 7. Number 8 is Dry Fly. Lynn Whiting is the trainer. 20 for your 1. The 9, Dublin D. Wayne Lucas. 15 to 1. That's a good price. Good to see D. Wayne get himself a primed and ready. Hopefully, this 3 year old Colt by Fleet Alex makes it all the way. The 10, Escondera. 20 for your 1. Todd Pletcher, the Todd squad. Up and at it again. I kind of like Escondera looking very, very nice. Two races on the turf, one race on the poly, and they took him off the poly. After the Breeders' Cup debacle, I'm going to call it against Vale of York and look at it lucky. Took up in the first turn, went back and looked at the race again. It was worse than I actually thought. Three-year-old son by Giants Causeway. Escondera, 20 for your one. Then we go to Jackson Bend, 12 for your one. Is your 11th entry by Nick Zito as the trainer. The 12 entry is looking at Lucky 8 to 1. Very nice indeed. Bob Baffert is the trainer. And uh, it's very hard to slight this three year old cold by Smart Strike. 13th entry, 50 to 1. Make music for me. Alex Barbara is the trainer. The 14th entry, Maximus Ruler, 50 for your one. Clark Hanna, the conditioner. 15th entry, Noble's Promise. Kenny McPeak is the trainer. The 16th, Ron the Greek, 30 for your one. Tom Amos is the conditioner. Very nice little runner here. 17th is Rule, 12 to 1. Todd Pletcher is the conditioner. I believe he's going to square up in this Sam Davis at uh, Tampa Bay. A lot of runners coming from Tampa Bay. And take a look at about the last three or four years. 
The 18 entry is stay put, 50 for your one. Steve Margolis, who's on fire down at the fairgrounds. The 19th entry, 15 to one, super saver. The Todd squad, Todd Pletcher again. The 20, Tiz Chrome, 20 for your one. Bullet, Bob Baffert. Hey, mark my word, this is good price here. This three-year-old Colt by Tiz now, two for two. Kind of like this one. This one's got my eye. 20 for your one, Tiz Chrome, the 20 at 20 to one. Number 21, 50 to one. Uptown Charlie Brown, who's going to hook it up with Rule in the Sam Davis. Two for two, Alan Sewell, the trainer, written by Daniel Centeno this weekend. He's always one to be reckoned with. The 22, 30 to one, Vale of York. Saeed Ben Sewell is the conditioner, and, uh, Actually, the rider who was planning to uh, be intact, in hopefully will be all the way, is the once-time former camel rider. And uh, for me to try to pronounce his name would just be a butchering, so I'm not even going to try. But a fine young lad who's riding in California. That's the 22 Vale of York at 30-1. to 1. 23 Williams Kitten, trained by Mike Maker, 30 for your one. Rounding out the field is... 24, all other three-year-olds, unknown trainer, of course, five for your two. The all other three-year-olds is usually the favorite, so that you can always count on. So there you are. That is future wager number one. If I say future book, that means I need to go to Vegas. I need to go really, really, really bad. we got a guy on hold who's really got it bad because He's just like me. He'd rather be at the track, rain, snow, or shine. We're going to be getting to him, Mr. Tom Lamar, who's editor of the Blood Horse. I think you're going to enjoy that. Don't let him fool you. Tommy likes to play the ponies. He's just like the rest of us. He's got to have his racing fix, and we love it. Let's do a little recap of last week's races. Race number three at Aqueduct on February 6th, the World Away Stakes. Big time favor was 85 and a 50. Winner goes to Pepe Nose, Richard Migliori, the Mig Man in the Iron. Strong drive held on, paying 17.40 for Timothy Chrysler. 85 and a 50. Rank bolted on the first turn. I thought, oh, well, we can dismiss this runner here after a 17 length victory. His bit broke. Bit broke in mouth. Means no control. Try driving a car with no steering wheel. 85 and a 50. Watch out. Next time back. Fairgrounds, race number three on the 6th of February, the Black Gold. When number five, Royal Express, James Graham, the bobblehead man, wins by three and a half lengths. 6.20 for Joseph Broussard. Race number three at the Fairgrounds, we just said it. Race number nine at Gulfstream Park. Gulfstream Park turf handicap, a mile and eighth on the turf. Winner was take the points. We got DQ'd coming out a little bit. Winner is now Court Vision paying 380. Very nice indeed. Three wide for Todd Pletcher, Robbie A. in the Irons. The 10th at Gulfstream, the Don Handicap, grade one. If you missed this, you missed a lot. That is quality road. John Velasquez between the years wins by 12 and three-quarter lengths. Drew off driving. Wow. Is this guy back or what? Paying 280 to win for oh, Todd Pletcher. Talk about a money man. 11th race at Gulfstream, the Sewanee River, grade three, mile and eighth on the turf. Winner is the 11 Tati, Jose Lescano, I think is one of the most underrated turf riders in the country, wins by three parts of a length. All out down the stretch, prevailing at the wire where it counts the most. 560 to win for Chad Brown. Then we go to Oakland, race nine, the Essex Handicap, mile and the 16th. Winner, number two, racing brand, Chris Emmy is the winner by four and a quarter lengths over Win Willie. 
The odds-on favorite, Racing Brampain 24-60 to win for Scott Becker. Then we go to Tampa Bay Downs, race number 10, the Super Stakes, seven on the dirt. Winner, impressively, Musket Man, Daniel Centeno, very confidently ridden down the lane. Long drive, fully extended, paying 280 for Derek Ryan. And there you have it right there. That's a recap. We've given you what's happening in, I'm not going to say future book, because that just means I want to go to Vegas too bad. But it is a Kentucky Derby future wager one, and it goes until Friday until 6 p.m. on Sunday, so you've got plenty of time. You track your OTB, you're online, whatever you want to do, it is up to you. You know, maybe we even ask Tom. Maybe he has, maybe he has an inclination of where he's heading. And I believe Tom once upon a time told me that he doesn't make up his mind maybe the night before or the morning of. Probably a smart move. Well, it is time to head out to our first break. And when we return, we're going to be talking with our special guest of the week, news editor of the Blood Horse, Mr. Tom Lamar, who is an avid thoroughbred racing fan and a pretty good handicapper in his own right. So you're going to stay tuned and hear it, but you're only going to stay tuned and hear it if you don't get away from the computer because we're going to have it right here on Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports
into winning ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer, and thank you for tuning in each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. This is our second segment, and each and every week we have on a special guest. This week is no different, as Winning Ponies is honored and pleased to welcome news editor at the Blood Horse, Mr. Tom Lamar. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Hey, Ed. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, sir. Thanks for taking time away from Karen and, uh, and actually uh, you know, spending a little time with us to chat. No problem at all. No problem at all. Tommy, this is your second time actually uh, being on with us, and, uh, and we no, always appreciate it because you're a man with your finger on that. the pulse of racing, and you know we, we always look forward to hearing from you. Would you mind just, uh, as your second visit, just kind of refresh uh, our listeners' uh, memory here, how a lad from New Jersey finds his way into working in the racing industry? Well, uh, this may be the third or fourth time on this show, actually, Ed. You, you lost track, I think. <laughs> How bad is my math? <laughs> you know, you're so kind. I mean, you know what? That calls for at least three beers on my end and no brownies oh, wow. for me all summer. Ugh. All right. Okay. That's fine with me. Um, why did I leave New Jersey? Is that your question? I mean, that, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> the question is, how does a lad from New Jersey find his way oh, working oh, in the racing industry? Um, well, you know, uh, years ago I landed a job at the Racing Forum, which which actually had a New Jersey office, and then um, that office closed and I got transferred to Lexington, and we've lived here since 94. So, you know, that's really how that happened, um, you know. And, um, you know, I was a newspaper reporter before that who, you know, who loved racing and Quite frankly, I spent a little too much time at the track when I was a kid, I think. And, <laughs> and, you know, and I'm quite older now, I guess, because, you know, three or four of the tracks that I used to go to are now shopping malls, which is not a good thing either. So, you know, you know so, you know, that's how I got here. So, Well, you know what, and we're glad, you know, I have to ask you, you have dual state citizenship. You are a Lexingtonian, and what will we, we call it a New Jerseyite or New Jerseyan? How do we do that? Oh, oh, let me see. Uh, usually, like a New Jerseyan, but that, that's really not a um, uh, that's not a common term in New Jersey. You know, you're you're from Jersey. You know, you're just you're from, from Jersey. You're you're from <laughs> Jersey, and and I like it. And and uh, you know, so you you found your way into the racing industry, and you know, you're reporting on it. And uh, anybody that's actually looking. For the real scoop of actually what's going on, take a look at the Blood Horse. You'll see Tom Lamar, or and or you may catch him out at the track. Uh, he's usually incognito, uh, a hoodie on, and uh, <laughs> you might just catch him catch him down on the basement floor. And uh, he kind of walks among us. And uh, trust you me, he's not upstairs on the uh, in, in the, no, in the ballroom. No, he's no, down no, there no, where no. the uh, the common folk are at. Yes, like like. Um... Like we were last Friday night in the uh, snowstorm <laughs> on the apron of Turfway. You know, that's that's what it's all about, you know. 
That, that's yeah. where actually uh, I caught him. Uh, caught him rolling by. You know, I had holler saying three times. I think he was trying to dodge me, and you know, just <laughs> like he didn't know me. But you know, it didn't hurt my feelings any. I'm kind of used to it now, and especially missing that. You know, I know I've been on her three or four times, Ed, and you know, I said two, and I apologize. Oh, Tommy, right. si- since our last conversation, racing is on is on the change, and you know, there, there's many questions that lie ahead. Uh, weeks ago, I, I, Bob Ellison was our guest. And and you know, he was our special guest of the week, and I brought up the the term of less is more about mm-hmm. when they cutting dates. It, it, is this, in your opinion, the wave of things to come? Well, right now I think it is, but it kind of depends on on like where you are. Um, you know, it's working here now. Um, you know, at least the turfway uh, with the horse population. Although now I'm told that. Some people are having trouble running their horses because they're they're not scheduling enough races. But you know, they're only going to race the three days through through the end of this month, and then in March they'll add a fourth day. But you know, um, what happens though is when you cut the days, you know, reality says that that chunk of money from the one day that you may cut does not necessarily get spread out over the other three. You know, and that's why the purses haven't increased at Turfway. So really, you know, they're losing revenue when they're closed, number one. And, of course, the horsemen lose revenue because they're only racing three days a week. Um, will that change? Um, well, clearly, if, um, if we had more horses in the state, uh, yeah, it probably would. But, but the purse money's not there, at least at Turfway Park, um, you know. There's still purse money at Keeneland and Churchill Downs, which I would imagine will run there five-day weeks, maybe some four-day weeks at Churchill. So, you know, hopefully it's temporary, but it's kind of what you need to do right now. You know, survive was the key, and as you mentioned, Churchill and uh, Keeneland, I think they're, they're, they're just a different animal. It's bowling balls and apples. You know, comparably to Ellis Park and uh, and Turfway, right. you know, exactly. being, being on the cusp, and uh, you know they're facing so much competition with Indiana. You know, it, I work in Ohio. I, I worked in Kentucky for a long time. I work in Ohio. Tommy, in your opinion, I mean, do you think Ohio could could stand maybe that that minor reduction in dates as long as they passed it on to the horsemen? Do you think if that model were just tossed out there, do you think that would benefit Ohio? Uh, right now, I think it would. Um, you know, um, River Downs, let's see, um, what is racing, 104 days this year, I think, yes. was the number. I think it is 104 days. Um, you know, should River Downs race a four-day week instead of five? Personally, I would say absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, as long as, as long as the purse money is protected, um, and, you know, it certainly would help the field size, without a doubt, you know. Uh, Beulah Park seems to have no trouble running five days a week. Uh, they had that little spell where the fields kind of shrunk up, and I looked for the next couple cards, they're full again. So, I, But, it, yeah, would it help? Absolutely would help. Absolutely would help. But, you know, but the horsemen need to agree to that. You know, you just don't say we're doing this because, you know, there are, there is another party involved in that, and, you know, um, but, yes, I think at this particular point it would work. I do. 
Well, you know, the model, uh, I'm sure, has been examined by the powers that be. And, you know, and, and as, you, as you alluded to, you know, there is another entity out there, the horsemen, that, that have more than just, uh, just a whisper in the wind. They have a definite say-so. But, you know, Tommy, still no slot machines in Kentucky and Ohio and many other states are getting them. How long before someone lets go of the monkey bars? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I thought it would happen last year. Um, which it obviously did not. Um, actually, it came closer in Ohio than it did Kentucky. Um, I still think you guys may end up with them before Kentucky does. Um, but, you know, when, I have no idea. Um, you know, um, traditionally, when you look back at how it's worked in some of these other states, you know, it, it it looks like it's nowhere, and then all of a sudden, in a couple days, you know, there's legislation, and they're having these, you know, uh, midnight votes on stuff. I, I, you know, you never say that it's not going to happen, but it's really not looking too good right now. But things change, you know. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> who ever thought money, they would have full-scale casino and, gambling and, in know, Ohio coming their way? Yeah, that's another factor, you know. Um, like I said, why I think you may get them first up there is because, you know, this um, this referendum push, if they get enough signatures and it's on the ballot, you know, well, you have a 50-50 chance, basically, right there. And if they don't get enough names, uh, you know, uh, the way that I understand it is, uh, you know, Strickland can, you know, try to move move ahead with his plan for the Ohio Lottery to run the VLT. So I think you have a better shot. You know, but, um, you know, we've all seen the craziness that happens, uh, happens oh, yes. up there, too. So, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, you know, it's just a waiting game. Um, but really, the important part of the waiting game is trying to preserve, you know, some semblance of a racing program in the meantime. You know, I, I, I think those are, that's those the are important some very... Thing. Those are very truthful words. Ohio, you know, we're optimistically hanging on, as I said, to the monkey bars. We're all just holding on as we were little kids of who's going to drop off first. And hopefully it's no one because I believe whatever state actually gets a, gets the first move, I think it's going to light a fire under the feet of the other. Oh, hopefully, I so. hopefully, you know, it, whether it be Kentucky and Ohio, because I want to see the survival of the game and the horsemen not to have right. to up and pull up and, you know, up, uproot themselves. Tom, I wanted to ask you something real quickly. I don't know if you really, you know, you know, zeroed in on this, or, or maybe you know a whole lot more than was actually than the average bird. The Lexington Herald Leader reported that uh, Senator Damon Thayer actually was uh, Senate Bill 25 was going to uh, pr- provide the public with more information about who exactly is donating money to outside groups. Right. And mm-hmm. on that, yes. you know, I, I was. You know, I, I didn't know how to take this. I didn't know how to, I don't know if I was reading into it. I know that uh, Senator Thayer was actually, uh, uh, he, he was actually involved in the Thoroughbred Game at Turfway Park in Cleveland at Thistle Downs for, for quite mm-hmm. some time. And I, I thought that uh, upon, his, uh, upon his election that there wouldn't have been a better person in, in the state of Kentucky to actually have speaking for the horseman. He's, uh, he's been a consultant. He, he's done everything, but uh, under this, you know, it just seems like they're they're doing more probing. And uh, I guess full disclosure is is as honest and the only way that we can actually follow. But after I got done reading, I just had mixed reactions. Well, you know, 
there's some politics involved in that, but, you know, quite frankly, there's nothing wrong with, you know, with wanting transparency. Um, you know, the racing industry constantly harps about we need transparency, and then, but quite frankly, there isn't really much transparency. So it's kind of like, you know, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as far as that legislation goes, you know, we, we, we haven't written a story about it yet. I read about it. Um, you know, this mainly, I think, well, uh, I shouldn't say that, but one of the groups that would have to report that is the, this, this horse industry lobby group that was formed last year and has played a role in, you know, these, um, uh, the special elections that we've had so far here. So, you know, I'm sure that that's part of it. You know, I'm sure that that's part of it. Um, I'm very, you know, very I'm interested to see how it actually, you know, uh, be careful about living in glass houses because actually it was uh, Keep Our Jobs in Kentucky uh, Incorporated, you know, how much they were spending and, you know, who they were actually backing. But I believe if we're going to make it transparent, there's going to be some things that come out on the negative side, per se, against uh, against horse racing, that there there's other entities out there that spent quite a quite a pretty penny in uh, in defeating well, this uh, this proposal. Of course, but you know what? Um, you you want to play the game, your fair game. I mean, you know that's that's how it works. You know, um, uh, you know I I don't I don't personally have a problem with it. Um, you know, I think that we should know, you know, who's, who's supporting what. Um, you know, if, if there's a question of who's supporting this referendum uh, in Ohio. No, see, you still don't know exactly where the money's coming from. Is it, is it pro-slots? Is it anti-slots? That's just not a good thing, you know? I, I agree. I mean, it's just... I agree completely. When you talked about transparency, I was going to say, why can't we move that model to Ohio? And let's throw all our cards on the table and just see where they lie. Let the people become informed. Yeah. You know, look, it's very hard to take politics um, out of any equation anymore. You know, but people get tired of it. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, the, the, the racetrack VLT issue is not a party line issue, despite what, what you may read, what you may hear, or what you're told. You know, people, no matter what party they are, green, purple even, I don't care, you know, some people support it and some people don't. And, and, and you know, and horsemen are not all of the same political party. You know, racetrack managers aren't all of the same political party. It, it shouldn't be a political issue, but it's been turned into one. And ultimately, that may be what the big problem is. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have seen more Republicans turn Democrat in this past year, though. Oh, really? I, 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 in Kentucky, I definitely have seen more Republicans, staunch Republicans, actually start to wheedling towards the Democratic way. Wow. Well, you know, that's, you know, but, yeah, well, I guess. But <laughs> happening, well, what's happening in Washington, though, is that that isn't the case. So you wonder whether, you know, that'll turn between now and the November election. Um, it's just a shame that, you know, that, 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 you know, you're left waiting to see what happens in November, and then, of course, you're waiting to see what happens when the legislative session starts in January. I mean, just be done with it, you know? It, this isn't rocket science, and quite frankly, it shouldn't even be a controversy because it, it's not, it, it's a discretionary tax. 
You know, I, I agree. It's and, a discretionary and you know what? The old saying I think holds true: politics and uh, I believe lawmaking and sausage, uh, I, uh, sausage making. I don't think I want to see either one up close. To be very honest with you, <laughs> I'm change, changing gears real quick on you. Uh, yeah. This past year, racing has taken an introspective look. Uh, Penn National. Having riders boycott racing, Michael Gill, he's been the uh, the pinup doll for uh, taking a beating here, basically tossed out. He exits the game again. Is this a case of greed, drunk with the winning bug, or do we have the whole story on this? Uh, the story is 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 clearly not out yet. Um, you know, I I've spoken with him. I don't know, maybe three times in the past couple weeks and stuff. You know, and and. I asked him repeatedly. I said, "Now, now, you're you're sure that you're leaving the game?" You know, and he said, "Yes." You know, and they explained why and everything. Um, you know, and I don't know what's happening up there. There's some kind of an investigation. There may be two investigations, but we can't confirm that. You know, um, I, from what I gather, it, it, this is not just about Michael Gill. There's a lot more happening there. Um, you know, and and but just. The way that it just turned out to be, the, you know, like, you know, he's bad for the game. You know, I, look, I don't know that. You know, and, 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 and quite frankly, you know, he's not the first owner who's had, who's had horses break down. I don't mean to sound callous about that, but the bottom line is horses, no matter how well taken care of they are, they're going to break down. That's just a fact of racing. I know the NTRA may not want to say that, but... It is a fact of racing. What he's done, I have no idea. It may turn out where he has done something. He says he hasn't. You know, so, so, um, so you know, trying him prior to the investigation is, is not the way to go, in my opinion. It's just not fair. So We'll see what happens. But. I do agree, and it's going to come out in the wash one way or the other. And well, I maybe think, it won't. Uh, I think every person that's being examined, investigated, I think, uh, I think you, uh, you, you hit it right on the head. I don't think you should be tried in the, uh, the court of media and or public opinion uh, before all investigative facts have, have hit the table. You know, it's okay, so he's left the game now for, for a while here, and uh, who knows what the future holds for him, but I just hope that all – all truce at the table. You talked about transparency. I hope it definitely comes to the table, especially at Penn National. And you know, it's it's been a it's been a you know on second and third page of every every rag in uh, the Daily Racing Forum, et cetera. And I just hope that they actually come to a resolution with this. Tom, uh, I have to ask you. It seems that uh, tracks are trying to evolve. Many have branched out to include music festivals. They've branched out with another arm of uh, entertainment. They're, they're actually. Uh, which, in my opinion, is a terrific thing. Uh, I don't know how many others will feel. Music festivals, such as the one that's going to take uh, place this uh, summer at Churchill Downs, the Dollar Beers, the music at Turfway Park, the party atmosphere. Are we growing in a new segment for the next generation of players, or is this ju is just a way to keep us afloat during tough times? Uh, I don't think, you know, uh, yes, it helps right now, uh, but, um, you know, these things really... Um, historically, they've happened at many, many racetracks. It just wasn't a big deal at the time because, you know, no matter when they raced, there was a crowd there. Um, but clearly, you know, trying these things is good because you've, you've, you've got to get um, new people into the facility. And I reached the point years ago where, you know, just get them there. And, 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 yes, it's hard to teach people how to handicap and stuff like that. It is. But 
that's why it's kind of like a long-haul process. You know, this Friday night thing at Turfway, this started, I don't know, now I think it's been three or four years, and it took a while to get to the point, you know, where the people come back on a regular basis. You know, and I see them with programs, and they're making bets. I don't know how much they're betting, but, you know, at least they're there. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's absolutely worth trying. Churchill Downs, you know, that's a great way to get people who don't go to the facility, at least to go to the facility to see the facility. Maybe they'll come back, you know. Um, you know, and slots or no slots, you still need to do that stuff. Uh, the, the problem with the slots tracks is, you know, once they get slots, this other stuff stops, and that has to continue. You have to build. You know, just having slots is not the answer. I think that's already been proven in this business. You know, years ago, racetracks, Old Latonia, and and I've read many many a book on that. It was uh, located in Covington slash Latonia, Kentucky, uh, some miles just away from my home, real close to the 275 loop. In the past, they used to hold uh, major conventions, speeches. There was a lot of political rallies held at tracks. There were many things that the track was actually used for, you know, to get out that message, and people actually gathered there because they could actually hold them in that facility. I, I think that it's a, a grand idea to actually get this out there with what Churchill's doing. Who would have ever thought that historic Churchill Downs would have ever had lights? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what, it probably took too long, um, you know, the only uh, thoroughbred track in the state that had, that had ever had lights, well, no, I'm sorry, it isn't just Turfway, because the old track in Louisville had lights, the uh, um, Miles, Park? Miles Park track had lights, yeah, but, you know, um, I think it's great, because, you know, the option is there to... Um, you know, to try some new things. You know, where I grew up, we had a lot of night racing. Um, you know, um, Atlantic City was like the first major track to put in lights and ran, ran nights for 25 years. And, you know, we kind of got used to that. We liked that. The harness races at home were always at night and stuff like that. Um, I think it's a good thing. I think the Churchill approach is good. Um, Turfway's only running one night a week now, which I, I don't particularly like that, but, mm-hmm. you know, at least it's working out for them. Um, you know, I, I like twilight racing. I think that's a good thing for tracks that don't have lights, and that's a hint to River Downs to maybe race at 4 o'clock on Fridays with oh, $1 beers at the Tiki Bar. Sorry I had to get that in. Um, <laughs> but there's a, there are other people who support that, by the way. I can assure you of that. Yes. Uh, no, but, but no, um, you know, you've got to try different things. And really, this is a good time to do it because I really think that, at least in Kentucky, if the tracks ever got the machines, um, you know, it will make a big difference. It will get more people on the property and, and just – at least with the current management in place at the tracks now, uh, you know, I can see them continuing to do things to drive the racing business. My only fear is that, okay, if in fact we do get slots, now that's not going to be the end-all to be-all. 
we are still going to have to market, promote, and directly communicate. And even more so, we're going to have to learn more about customer service and how to handle these people and give them not only what they want, but how do we, how do we retain this new customer base? They're just, once upon a time, the tracks were the only game out there, and they won by default. But then in comes competition, and it just kind of took their breath away. I think if we were able to actually to bring some new blood into the, into the races, I think we need to try to help them evolve into enjoying the races, maybe creating that next generation, but it's by no means is it a slam dunk. No, and, and, and you know, you're absolutely right. And, and when you have a casino, you know, that requires a whole other mindset. You know, you really do need to hire qualified people who understand, you know, the slots player or the blackjack player or the roulette player and all that kind of stuff. What I've seen happen at, at Racino's uh, so far is, is, you know, they hire those people, and then those people end up, um, you know, in charge of the racing, which they don't know. There, there needs to be, like, some kind of a – you need to have, you know, not a separate staff, but you need to keep people in place who can focus on one yet have enough knowledge to work with the other. And, and um, you know, I don't mean to slight anybody, but I haven't seen that in this industry yet. There's just, it's just, you know, um, the casino side takes over. They have the few people that they need to put on a racing program. The marketing of racing is practically nil. And, and, and you know, it, it really hasn't been done right yet. I still hold out hope that it will maybe here. I don't know. Hopefully, because uh, not only do we we do not pretend to know about their end of it as far as running a, a full-scale casino and or Russino, whatever may be that would happen to fall into our hands, nor would, in, unless they are actually running uh, other tracks. Uh, Harris is a is a perfect model. Now you know what, what they're doing in Louisiana and and uh, Chester and, and many of other places. They're actually versed in uh, doing both. But I would actually hope that the right and left hand work together versus uh, one dictating to the other. I, I would like to see that myself. Well, they don't work together, at least from what I've seen. Well, we can only <laughs> live optimistically for the future, my friend. Tom, well, I have to ask you the $2 question. you got the day off. Karen has given you the blessing to go to the track, and you find a Benjamin in your old jeans. Where are we going to find you? Are you going to be betting allowance events and high-priced maidens or claiming five to lifetime? Uh, are you talking about this weekend or, or, or any weekend? <laughs> any day. Any day out there besides Derby Day and or uh, a marquee day. It, well, it's your day to go to the track. This is what I do. Um, you, know, um, you know, my job kind of tells me, which is, which is a good thing, that, you know, you need to keep up with, with the major races, which I do. You know, we have a handicapping show on our website we talk about the major races every week. I watch them faithfully. I like watching them. Honestly, Ed, I don't bet them that much. What I do is, um, you know, I used to spread myself out way too thin, and I just decided, Tom, bet what you know. You know, you like to cash tickets, you know, just bet what you know. So, yeah, so I focus on the Kentucky product, um, more so when Turfway's open because – that that level of horse is the one that I'm the most comfortable handicapping with and playing. Um, you know, uh, River Downs, 
I bet River Downs. Uh, Indiana Downs I like, Mountaineer. Uh, Churchill I bet because that's a good mix of, like, really, really good horses. And then, you know, you have the many, uh, the, the uh, not, not mediocre, the right. modest horses. So, yeah, um, so if I walk in with it, yes, I would probably play the 5,000 non-winners of two rather than a, uh, you know, um, a stakes at Gulfstream Park. As yeah. I walked into Turfway Park last <laughs> Friday night, I'm, it, this, this dispels all rumors that I am nothing but bad luck. Tom Lamar actually picked a winner while I was standing there chatting with him. And, uh, we, and he, so horse, I've dispelled all the rumors horse. that I am mush and, and, uh, and the bad luck boomerang. You actually picked a winner standing right next to me. Tommy, I, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank all you right. for taking time out away from your schedule. And Karen, to join us this evening, uh, say hello to your wonderful wife. And uh, I know I'm going to be seeing you in the winter circle very soon my friend all right thanks Ed. see you later tom thanks so much tom lamara news editor for the blood horse time to head out to a break when we return we're going to be talking news from around the world of racing and doing some final furlong handicapping here on winning ponies The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Mm-hmm. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Hope you got Tom Lamara, wealth of information, newsletter to the Blood Horse. Nice guy and good handicapper. Even called some races. Called races at the Red Mile. He loves his jugheads. He loves the harness runners. News from around the world of racing. We're going to go straight through right now, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. Ohio anti-slots group still pushing for November vote. The group that derailed Governor Strickland's 2009 to add slots is still trying to put the issue before voters in November. LetOhioVote.org submitted 177,000 signatures, and it falls short. Falls short, about 27,000 short. That means if they do not get the signatures, they are not going to be able to put it on the ballot, which would go into November to actually vote to have racinos at, or slot machines, VLTs, at racetracks. So let's keep our fingers crossed that they don't have enough votes because racing could definitely use the jump. Derby draw goes back to the future of the race when Derby 136 arrives. It's going to go back to the old way of calling it, and when I say calling it, actually drawing for it, as per John Asher. And they've also got their website back up, so I'm really looking forward to that. So the uh, Derby post draw and the, the launch of the uh, launch of everything, the Run for Roses at noon on Wednesday, April 28th. You're definitely going to want to check into that. And uh, national coverage for the post draw is uh, has been pulled back, but that's okay. The old pill pool, we're just going to have to pick it up wherever we can, and we can definitely get it through all the the blood horses and so on and so forth out there because they are going to be more than ready for us. Quality Road sets two records in the Don. Impressive Quality Road, one of the most impressive performances I've seen winning by a record-setting 12 and three-quarter lengths over Dry Martini over, and gets overmatched rivals at Gulfstream. Quality Road is back in action here. And this is according to the Herald-Leader, two derby approach becoming a turby, trendy derby path uh, 12 years after the fact Elliot Walden can still recall the words of critics in the weeks leading up to the Derby because people were criticizing him because they felt that runners needed more prep races. I don't think there's any special magic potion. Do what you think. Do what you do best, as my friend would say. Do what you do best. If you think three will do it, do it. If you need seven, take seven. But I think it's up to the trainer. And... We've already talked about what's happening in Kentucky about the election process, and as Tom said, making it transparent. I, I definitely agree to that. And something I should have thrown out to him, New, Jer- New Jersey lawmakers considering sports betting bill legislation that would allow New Jersey racetracks in Atlantic City to accept wagers on sporting events will go before an assembly panel on February 8th by thebloodhorse.com is where I picked that up from, Tom's. Home stomping grounds. Fairway Park heading February 15th to the schedule after losing the weekend of February 6th and 7th to cold conditions. They're going to have President's Day, February 15th to his live schedule. The nine race car will start at 110 Eastern Time. That is going to be a nice little way to make up some time and make up some action. I'm, I'm always uh, game for a little bit of uh, extra racing here. 
little extra news. Now, this one here, I had it all laid out. Rachel Alexandra and Zenyatta were going to meet in the Apple Blossom. They were going to meet, and they were going to hook up. Then they said, no, they're not going to do it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hold on tight. At 5.53 p.m. today, Apple Blossom Showdown back on. The great race between Rachel Alexander and Zenyatta is back on. Charles Sella, the owner of Oakland Park, said Thursday. According to Sella, the race will now be pushed back six days from its original date, and the connections of both horses have agreed to meet. The Apple Blossom Grade 1 will be running a mile and eight. If both horses run, the purse is $5 million. Otherwise, it's 500000 <laughs> this is This is incredible here. Sella said on Thursday he's, never, he's been in touch with everybody. And all, all, everybody is really on target this time. We're not going to pull back. He said, I've never had so much trouble giving away $5 million. Kudos. Very, very nice indeed. Well, it is time to jump out and do some straight-out handicapping here. we got about four minutes left, and make that three minutes, according to my man Deanna, as he just popped it up here. Fourth race at Aqueduct on Saturday, the $65,000 Busher Stakes. And I like the six in that speedful affair. C.C. Lopez in the irons. My dad loves this guy. He's only winning 14%, but according to the old man, he might be winning 84%. Speedful affair, very nice little stalker here. Plenty of speed to set up this filly. Five for your two in the busher, this speedful affair. Race number nine at the fairgrounds. We're going to get down to the Big Easy, home of the uh, Super Bowl champions, a mile and a 16th in the Pelletier. Uh, it's for $60,000 here. And I like War Echo in here, eight to five. Sean Bridgman going back from a mile and eighth to a mile and a 16th for Asmussen. Two for two. I'm going to call that a Philly for the course at Old Fairgrounds, eight to five in War Echo. Get all you want at fairgrounds. Third race is Santa Anita, six and a half on the downhill. The Baffle purse, $55,000. Ace of aces, the four, Joel Rosario for Jeff Mullins. These guys are winning together 50% in 2010. Two for two in the money at Santa Anita for the three-year-old gelding by Antonius Pius. Jeff Mullins is winning 21% and Rosario winning 19%. Been having some very nice works going from a route to a sprint. Aces of Aces wins 28% of the time for that trainer, Jeff Mullins. That's in the third at Santa Anita. Six races, Santa Anita. I love Tis Chrome, Garrett Gomez here, and Bullet Bob Baffert. You may not get the biggest price of prices, but so you're going to have to dig in deep into pick threes and pick fours. Six races, Santa Anita. The Robert B. Lewis rained out last week, comes back this week. I like Tis Chrome. Race number eight, the Santa Maria Grade 2 event. And in here, I like the four. That's Mushka. Kent DeSormo and Billy Mott, they are teaming up together. And these guys were winning 20% last year. Last race was the uh, Breeders' Cup Ladies Classic. Uh, ran second as four wide late into the turn. And that is the eighth race, Santa Maria, a Grade 2 for $250,000. Actually was slated for last week, but rained out. The ninth race is Santa Anita, the Struba, grade two. I like the three, and that's Viscount. Garrett Gomez and Bullet Bob Baffert once again, two for four in the money at Santa Anita. Gomez knows this four-year-old Colt, and I love Viscount. On to the seventh at Gulfstream Park. I'm going to make it real quick. I like the, the five in here, and that's Warbling. Rajiv Murad, four to one for Eddie Keneally, just ran second by a dirty head. The ninth race at Gulfstream, I'm going to end up 
with my choice, and that is the 10. You and I forever, three off the layoff, Eddie Castro and Marty Wilson. Some great races this weekend, so you're gonna, definitely going to want to take a, take a look at it. Well, time always flies when you're talking about thoroughbred racing. Winning Ponies would like to thank this week's special guest, Mr. Tom Lamar of the Blood Horse, and you for tuning in. So until next week, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.